Welcome to Mental Awareness Discussion, the MAD Podcast, with Miles Weber, Heather Weber, and Susan Thompson. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the MAD Podcast, the Mental Awareness Discussion, brought to you, as always, by Broken Jump Productions and Banana Rose. Follow them at Broken Jump Productions and at AZ Banana Rose on Instagram. Get all your cool swag here. I got my shirt down here that you can see. If you cannot see it, you're probably listening to the podcast. I assure you I'm wearing a shirt with a Banana Bro logo on it. So, <laughs> weird thing to lie about, but... Get all your fun swag online. Check out uh, Burger Joe Productions and Banana Bros on YouTube as well. Subscribe, share, all that fun stuff. Lots of cool content coming your way. Like this podcast. So, my name is Miles Weber. I am the host of this podcast. With me always is my co-host in this podcast in life, my wife, Heather Weber. Hello, dear. How are you? Not pregnant. That's typically been my answer for an extended period of time. So, not pregnant. Been a good minute where you have been substantially pregnant, and we—I can confirm—I was there. I saw it. You are no longer pregnant. Yes, there's yes. a there's a tiny leaky human sitting with my mother downstairs right now. So that is what we're <laughs> what we are doing. So yes, congratulations, you did Very it. Exciting. It was extremely exciting. It was extremely wild to experience and watch. There will be a new. 20 minutes probably on this the next that i do so uh thank you as always for joining us dear and then with us as always our friend and comedian from canada susan thompson susan how you doing good how are you guys we're awesome tired tired. but we're here yes (laughs) yes we are tired that is a fact yes yes but we are here and we are excited to be here uh we are here with a social worker shyla steen so shyla (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Absolutely. Uh, Good to have you here. Why don't you inform the folks listening and watching of what it is exactly that you do? So I work in mental health. I have a private practice and um, my majority of my clients come from families where they have children that are neurodiverse or children might be also known as on the spectrum. Um, or any type of special needs. It could be medical issues as well. Um, And so I see the adult parents for support, Um, usually individually, occasionally as a couple. And then I also see folks that um, are caregivers for maybe their aging family members. So like maybe their parents have moved in with them or they're going and being a caregiver at the parent's home. So I see those individuals as well. Dope. Yeah. Awesome. I love it. Um, and you said that you deal with people who are on the spectrum for people who common folk who don't necessarily understand how does that happen? You know, I feel like there's a lot of ways that people say that being on the spectrum can occur. Um, how would you explain to somebody who is severely uneducated in the matter? Oh, well, I don't know if I can explain how it happens because sure. I think there's a lot of discussion about that still, but, mm-hmm. um, I honestly am from the thought that we are all neurodiverse and so that we all have different ways of thinking, viewing, and interacting. And so with the people around us and our world, um, people that are on the spectrum, so to speak, are people that are usually diagnosed with autism. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's a big umbrella of that. That overlaps so much, though, with symptoms of ADHD, anxiety, and other mental health issues, depression, 
OCD, they kind of overlap a little bit. Um, and so when we're looking at autism, we're looking at somebody who usually is having some challenges with their social interactions and skills, um, the ability to understand um, and read social cues with others. Um, sometimes they're really highly focused and um, knowledgeable in certain areas, but maybe not as much in other areas. Um, and so, and there's lots of variety as far as how severe that is, how much it impacts them on their daily functioning. Um, sometimes it impacts them a lot and sometimes it doesn't. So a lot of variety there. For sure. How, um, how did you get started in this? What kind of inspired you to get started in the field? So I think I got started because, um, my kids had their own issues and I won't go into detail because of their privacy, but, um, they had their own stuff going on and I was getting some support services through the school district, IEPs and things like that, where services come in and offer support like occupational therapy, physical therapy, um, speech therapy, all those kinds of services. And I was realizing when I was getting that for them, that there really wasn't anything offered to me. And I thought, how do you guys expect me to deal with all of this and all the things going on? And there's nobody who's like willing to listen to me as the parent mm -hmm. and what I'm struggling with other than maybe like a private counselor. And I thought, gosh, you know, even the private counselors, when I looked into it, um, there's no specialties in our area. We are in Northern California um, over by Sacramento. And there wasn't a lot of people that really focused in on parents or caregivers of kids who've gotten the diagnosis of autism spectrum disorder or um, you know, any kind of special needs or medical issues. There wasn't a lot of support for the parents. And I mm -hmm. thought we really need somebody who can relate and also provide that support. And I take insurance because I think that's an important piece. Um, and when you don't take insurance a lot of the time, not all the time, but it makes you inaccessible mm -hmm. um, to regular people that hold jobs and have medical coverage. They want to use their medical coverage and come to somebody and see them and get support and services and not go bankrupt doing it. For sure. Well, and you like you said, there's, there's somebody that needs to be there for the parents because that's the foundation of the household. You guys are exactly. keeping everything together. So yeah, that makes perfect sense. Totally. We went, we went through that here and like, it's, it's not even here. Like all of a sudden they gave us diagnosis for my son and we're kind of going, okay, now what? And they're like, well, this is what he gets. And you're kind of going, right. okay, but he's home with me like 20, 18 to 20 hours a day. Like how, yeah, they literally just go, here you go. And a diagnosis and you're kind of going, okay, now what? Right. There's, there's nothing for parents anywhere. And it's, I feel all of a sudden I'm like, sorry, Heather, sorry, uh, Miles, this is what it's going to be. It's like, it's like all of a sudden you have this kid and they're going, okay, you'll be fine. Just figure it out. So it's nice mm -hmm. to know that there's people that specialize in this kind of stuff for sure. Well, I mean, not for, not for nothing. I mean, that is the feeling that we got like having the kid at the hospital and everything. It was, yeah. it was a very feeling of like, all right, it's go. He's fine. She's fine. Get the hell out. You can leave today if you want. And we could just leave him here overnight, like until yeah. the, and then we'll just kind of hang him out the window and then you just drive by and catch him, you know, like it's fine. Bye. So I totally get the like, whole, like, this is no. what's up. Figure it out. 
Yeah. yeah. They're very they like, go, 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 yeah. be with your child. Because mm-hmm. they know. Human. They so, yeah, because they know. Yeah, exactly. So it is nice that somebody's doing this. So um, when you go in and you do this work with his parents, because that is something that we do uh, talk about heavily on this podcast. We are very interested in how do we, I don't want to say normal. How do we, as the people who do not have these disorders and we do not like this. Yeah, very typical. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, we're not necessarily in that placement on the spectrum. How do we exist around these types of people in a supportive and loving and caring way? So what are the things that you go in with the parents to work on, on how do you exist around your child? Because this has got to be a very scary thing. Like you get the diagnosis and then your mind has to just go everywhere of like, what's it going to be like? And where do you even begin? So what do you do? Well, I think at the beginning, Miles, it's important to listen because they haven't had anybody do that yet. They haven't had anybody just listen to their own feelings and their own processing and their own grief, Mm -hmm. because we all have a vision. And I'm sure that you guys had this even before your baby was here of what you expect your kids going to be like Mm -hmm. and what their abilities are going to be and how they're going to function in the world and what that's going to look like and the developmental milestones they'll reach. And when we don't see that type of progression and it's a different picture, no matter, even if we still love them, of course we do, right? There's a grief process that happens because it's not what we expected. And there's an adjustment that happens. So I listen at the beginning, especially because there isn't anybody who's done that yet for most of those folks. And so we do that. And then I find that a lot of the stuff overlaps with just generalized anxiety, depression, obsessive compulsive uh, disorder. Um, And by obsessive compulsive, I mean the type of obsessive compulsive that is intrusive thoughts that are negative. Like, oh my God, what did I do wrong? How am I having this child with these issues? Am I a bad parent? Did I do something when I was pregnant? Did I do something when I was younger and, you know, maybe was doing um, different activities and somehow I brought this on them. Um, So there's a lot of that type of thing happening. And so we look at a lot of that stuff that's coming up for the parent and talk about how their thoughts and their feelings are kind of intertwining to make things more challenging for them or how they can change that to make it a little bit more smooth when they interact with their kiddo and when they're coping with all this going on. That makes sense. sense. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and especially because I know from my personal experience with my brother getting diagnosed with autism, um, doctors, and this was years ago, but doctors weren't listening and doctors were postponing the testing. Mm -hmm. So you kind of feel like as a, as a parent or somebody supporting, you're kind of going crazy and okay, no, maybe everything's fine because the doctor isn't putting anything and the doctor isn't listening. So yeah, like you said, nobody's been listening up until this point. And then all you get is the diagnosis. You're, you know, you're not getting any extra support from the doctor books or anything like that. Like, oh, this, this is what it is. So this is what you can kind of expect and that's it. So I think that's huge that you're giving parents that just ear of somebody to listen and somebody who's been through something similar. And so, yeah, no, I think that's great. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's definitely something that's really close to my heart and I definitely want to provide that for them. Um, I use a lot of cognitive behavioral techniques. And so what that means, sometimes it's abbreviated as CBT. Um, 
And I, I use a lot of that and humor because honestly, you can't get through life without humor, right, Miles? And so when we, talk about, yeah, when we talk about their thoughts, their feelings, and how that's all interconnected, um, we try to come up with ideas about how do we do this in a way that's more healthy, in a way that's more sustainable, in a way that helps give you more feelings of empowerment in the situation rather than discouragement. For sure. Absolutely. How long, I know it probably varies, of course, but how long do you find yourself working with certain parents about things? I mean, is this, because this doesn't seem like something necessarily that it's like, all right, I'll work with you for a little bit. You seem like you got the hang of it. All right, bye. This seems like something that you would have to like check in constantly over the course of the development of a a child's life with this. So yeah. So how does that work as far as like chunking it out or is it a long process? I think that's a good question. Um, I think that a lot of times when we start, I always do like a little free consult just to get an idea of what they're wanting and um, tell them a little bit about how I work to see if that's a good fit. Because sometimes it's not the best fit. Sometimes they're looking for a different type of therapy. And so it's good to have that upfront conversation. And so when we're talking during that time, we try to figure out what are your goals when you're coming to therapy? Is it going to be kind of a, almost like using it like a touchstone. So you kind of come for a certain period of time, you work on these issues that you have concerns about and you cope with some things in a healthier way. And then you take a break and then you come back after a certain period of time when new issues arise, right? Maybe there's a different developmental phase that the child is going through and it's bringing up different issues. And so we talk about where their goals are. And most of the people that I see, it's like half and half, half of them will come and they'll have issues to talk about and concerns, and then we'll get through some of those. And then they feel like they're good. So they kind of back off and take some time away from therapy. And then the other folks I, I've might've had for like three or four years. (laughs) So, you know, and, and it ebbs and flows some days you come, you know, once a week and sometimes you come once a month. For sure. Well, and I feel like just somebody that I think we can all agree on this with therapy where the times that you're going in like, oh, I have nothing to talk about is the Mm -hmm. times that you get the most out of it. So you stay a little bit more consistent with it just out of those issues, out of those areas. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Do you ever meet um, the parent's child to kind of get an idea of what's going on and how they interact with each other? Or are you just meeting with the parents? I mostly am just meeting with the parents. I mean, the parent definitely shares a ton about their kiddo, um, mm-hmm. but their kiddo is usually connected with other services. Um, okay. Oftentimes there's regional center. I don't know if your brother had something like that at one point, but, um, and there's different regional centers, depending on which region you're in um, over here, it might be like Alta Regional Center. Mm -hmm. And they come in and they'll provide like, if the parent wants like ABA assistance, um, respite care, Mm -hmm. um, behavior modification, um, all kinds of things, even, even contract out to do counseling for the kiddo as well. And so um, I don't usually meet the kids, um, but I do do some support groups. And so sometimes the parents get to meet each other, which is really nice too, because to build that social network of support with people that are in similar situations is super helpful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 
Yeah, no, there, there's a group out that way and they all meet together and they go on outings once a year and everything. And I just think it's the best thing for all of them because you don't want to feel alone. Yeah, that's, the, that's the biggest thing I feel like in anything in life, but especially in this, you don't want to feel alone and you don't want to feel like you're just, you know, trying to make sense of a situation. You think you're, you know, nobody else is going through something similar. Right. And sometimes it's the best way we learn too, is from people that are going through something similar and they're like, oh my gosh, that happened to us last year. And here's what we tried. And, you know, and you're like, oh my gosh, that totally makes sense. Mm -hmm. You know? So you get some good ideas from each other as well. Absolutely. It's actually, it's kind of amazing what it can open up in your general area. Like when we, my son wasn't diagnosed autistic, but he had other issues of learning that we know we needed help. And to all of a sudden just find out from that counselor be like, oh, here's a list of other parents in your area that might be dealing with something similar. And I'm like, oh my God, this woman lives four doors down from me and I had no idea. So to be yeah. able to get that help, because it's, it's actually amazing how much stress has, is taken away almost, or that you can just talk to somebody else. It doesn't make everything go away. It just means right. that you're like, okay, someone's actually listening to me. And I yeah. think that's the hardest part, especially with parents, you're kind of going, okay, everyone's giving them help, but no one's listening to me. Exactly. And Heather's been through this within the last couple of weeks. All of a sudden you have that baby and all of a sudden they take the baby away. Baby goes upstairs or wherever with dad and mom's kind of sitting there going, okay, now what? Right. And to all of a sudden you're like, okay, I'm not the full picture anymore to have all these other people in the mix can help and make it's way less lonely. It can be hard. Yeah. It's, it's really less hard isolating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Less isolating. And it's isolating for dads even more so like a lot of dads are home more. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to see both parents involved and that there's services that are available. Yeah. As simple mm-hmm. as a little, sometimes it's a little question and then working up to the research. So that's awesome. Oh my God. I wish you were here. Oh <laughs> yeah. I do you like do need to be more resources available for sure. Hopefully yeah. that's something that will happen over time. Do you, um, I mean, with the pandemic and everything, do you offer anything virtually? So I do offer a lot virtually. Um, so I have about four clients I see in person. Um, I have an office and I have my air purifier. We wear masks. Everybody in my area tests frequently. Um, and most of us are vaccinated. Um, all the people I see are, um, and myself included. With the telehealth, I can only do folks in California, mm-hmm. um, but I can do all over California. Um and that's just because of the licensing, you know, happening in, in California. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Susan, go to California. There you go. <laughs> Not <laughs> a problem. No big deal. Easiest thing in the world. What do you think is something that you wish more people knew about parents or caregivers of people who are on the spectrum? Yeah. I think that it would be helpful to know that they, we are just like anyone else that we love our kids. We want what's best for them. And we just need some extra support and, um, we need to not feel so isolated with the situation and to feel like there's other people out there having same experiences or similar experiences and kind of building that community feeling. I think that's really important. And that's part of the reason why I like to do these support groups that I'm doing because, 
Um, the individual counseling, yes, that's beneficial too, but building that support group is being able to meet other people and connect and even stay connected after as well. Mm -hmm. So I think that's important. Um, and I also think that we all have issues, right? I mean, there, I've never met anybody who doesn't. Um, and so True. just realizing that we all have our own stuff, our own baggage that we come with and, and just to kind of be sensitive to that, mm-hmm. um, that it's not any different than anybody else's stuff. It's just, you know, comes in a different package. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and like just the, the way we judge, I know like b- between before my brother got diagnosed and after, like when you see a child have a meltdown at a store, mm-hmm. a lot of parents will, or a lot of people will look at the parents and just, oh, right. well, they're not disciplining them or, you know, whatever. And it's like, but then after you go through something like that, it's like, oh no, there was a pitch on the intercom that triggered something yes. and, or like a texture or you have all these other things that go on and that you just don't understand. So not necessarily right. casting so much judgment on parents, you know, out in public with their kids. Exactly. Cause you know, most of those parents are already struggling and judging themselves so harshly mm-hmm. and talking to themselves oh, yeah. with their narrative for themselves. That's so harsh already. And we don't want to add to that. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. For sure. We're just well, taking it all over like, yeah. 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 No, I think it makes a lot of sense. And I think it's a, a I think it's a very important thing for people to hear about, you know, because I mean it's it's heartbreaking when you see somebody who has some type of handicap or they exist on the spectrum in some way and and people tend to kind of look at them as an inconvenience in their own day, you know, that mm-hmm. they just kind of existed awkwardly around them. It's just like, no, nah, man, like the, you don't understand what's going on here. Like this is this is such a complex thing and really fascinating the more you get to to learn about it and 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 even talk to some people like i mean there's plenty of people i've talked there's comics i know who are on the spectrum they're extremely yeah. interesting people to talk to about certain things yeah so, so yeah definitely absolutely. absolutely well and like you said they know so much about certain things and so mm. it's like yeah there's there's so much that you can talk to and learn from them. And a lot of people just kind of write it off or, Oh no, they were a little bit socially awkward and they just kind of, you know, walk the other way. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I think it's definitely helps to, you know, realize that we want to be more inclusive, Mm -hmm. you know, and this is a way to be inclusive too, is to offering support to their family as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Dope. Oh, ladies, do you have any more questions for Shiloh before we get off? I'm I'm trying to take it all in. Like I'm like right. I've never heard of this. I'm like wow, there's help for there's support. Like, yeah, yeah. Like it's I I'm almost overwhelmed because I'm literally going back like what we went through and it took a like going on like a couple of years trying to get this in check and we're going, okay, we know it's not on the autism spectrum, but there's something else there. And they were thinking like Asperger's or they didn't know if it was, it turned out it was like, yeah, he's Menza. So mm-hmm. he thinks different mm-hmm. and it fell in line with almost the exact parallels of what somebody with um, on that spectrum. So to try and figure that out and just to get answers, even if it's not the answer you want, just to get some type of an answer or support and go, thank you. I'm finally, I'm not running around in circles. I'm not crazy. I'm 
this is really happening and I need someone to listen to me or to understand mm-hmm. or to meet someone else that's going through it. So yeah. I, I'm, I commend you for what you're doing. Like, that's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. And, you know, I really enjoy it. And it, it's, it's really just nice to be able to talk with folks and have them feel like they're finally understood and they're not alone. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and they matter. They matter. They matter. Yeah. And, and people, I, like you, people like you, you <laughs> strike me as different because you do this for a living, but you're doing it because you love it, not necessarily because yeah. um, there's a ton of money in it. And I think that's where people struggle. <laughs> it's hard to find somebody that genuinely cares about you. And it's not just about the money. So thank you. I appreciate that. And I was thinking, Miles, there was one thing I wanted to share that might be helpful too, is a lot of folks, when they're in these situations, um, they don't realize how much the self-talk that they do to themselves, um, parents as well as the kids, um, and how that impacts them in such a big way. Um, a lot of people come in and they're like, man, I just, I feel drained all the time. And I feel like I'm struggling with anxiety and depression and my kid just got diagnosed and, you know, they're struggling with anxiety and depression too. And when you actually talk with them a little bit more, you realize what they're doing is they're engaging in negative self-talk or what we call intrusive thoughts that are negative. Um, and that's a type of OCD. It's not washing your hands over and over again. It's just those repetitive negative thoughts. And we don't even realize we're having them. And Mm -hmm. so we're saying those things like, oh, you suck as a parent or, oh, you should have done that differently. Or uh, my favorite, which is the sarcasm, which is, oh, well, that was amazing, right? (laughs) You know, well, that was a perfect parenting moment and how hard we are on ourselves. And we just don't realize how frequently we're doing it until at the end of the day, we feel like crap, Mm -hmm. right? And our kids are doing the same things a lot of the time they're talking to themselves this way. And so it's important for parents to realize they're doing that um, to themselves. And if their kids doing it, help them to realize it as well. And the way that we realize it is we kind of keep track of, and maybe if it's not all day long, because that might be too much for somebody, 15 minutes, you know, a couple of times a week, we just kind of think about our thoughts. You know, we just think about them and say, what are we saying to ourselves right now? And write them down and verbatim and just be like, Ooh, I had like six negative thoughts in like 15 minutes. I said this negative stuff about myself, you know, and trying to realize what it is we're saying and then work on reframing that so that we can change that habit. Mm -hmm. You know, we can change that pattern. And so reframing it would be reframing it with something positive, but also logical. So like if I'm having a negative thought, gosh, you know, I was so impatient with my little one the other day and I suck as a parent, then maybe my reframe for that would be, I'm still learning to be patient and I'm really trying hard. So Mm -hmm. I'm being logical, but I'm also being positive. And if you can't find a positive thing to say, at least neutral to start with and work on that over time to change those habits because otherwise we're just draining ourselves, kind of like taking a balloon and letting the air out slowly you know, and we really can't give to our kids and our spouses and our partners in the same way. Absolutely. No, I I love that. And I think especially like now just coming from like a new parent's perspective, we're so worried about judgment Mm -hmm. and then, you know, social media, that's all you see is people, you know, giving parenting advice and everything like that. Some of it's great. Some of it's not. 
but you just automatically start to compare everything that you're hearing. And especially for us as new parents, all we're getting is unsolicited advice. Yeah, I bet. Some of it's great. Some of it's not. (laughs) I'm I'm picturing it and I'm like, oh yeah. (laughs) Thank you very much. (laughs) I can see it in Miles' face. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, some of these people haven't had kids since like the 80s and I'm like, yeah, maybe like newborn babies aren't your thing anymore, man. And that's okay. Like you could totally like get to a point in your life where you're like, oh yeah, I don't know the latest baby stuff. Um, so yeah, like there, and, and it changes a lot. Like, I mean, the, we take comfort in the advice we've got from parents who've had like multiple kids over the span of a, a, a while. Cause they're like, you know, well, man, from the first kid to the third or fourth, everything changed like four times. Like they're constantly like, Oh, don't do this anymore. Stop. Bye. And so, Oh, sleep do, on do your this. Belly. Sleep on your back. Sleep on your yeah. belly. Sleep Besides, on your back. Okay. But make sure you're watching them <laughs> yeah. close. Like, I mean, so yeah, it's like a whole thing that there's constantly things ever evolving and changing. And mm-hmm. so, but, so, but yeah, uh, I think, I think we're so worried about judgment from yeah. other parents. And so, yeah, we do have that negative self-talk of like, Oh man, I screwed up. I yelled. I lost my temper. I did this. And so, yeah. I mean, you're human what <laughs> right that's right human we're all human just doing the best we can yeah and absolutely. and you're you're learning with your kids that's yeah. another thing that like a lot of people forget that your kids learning and you're learning with them exactly. so exactly yeah, yeah what was the movie parenthood keanu reeves had a great line in there he's like you need a license for a fucking fish he says but they'll let any harebrained loser asshole be a parent it's the only job you don't need a manual for or training right you'll you'll be fine it was alarmingly uh easy to like just (laughs) become a parent become a parent yeah (laughs) like i mean when we agreed to like start having that kind of sex we didn't have to sign anything like (laughs) There were no classes for that. And then you just have it. And they're like, all right, later. And we're like, there you go, see ya. yeah, really? Are you sure there's not like a couple more? Out- I, I've gotten a couple of cars in my life. And like that takes a day. Like we sit for the whole day and we just sign shit. And they're like, you want this? You want that? And it was an alarmingly few pieces of paper and things going on with uh yeah be- becoming a parent so yeah. yeah i think there needs to be a little bit more like hey or probably do this here you go and then setting up these communities are really good but doing what you do to be able to to help the parents have some type of support is super duper important and like you said at the end there you know uh the negative self-talk we all need to probably stop beating ourselves up for so much we're doing the best we can and uh don't take the judgment from from anybody else i'm usually i do have patient. one last question yes how long um once you decided that this is what you wanted to do and you know mm-hmm. have an outreach for parents how long of a process was that for you to get started with your business um i want to say gosh maybe the first six months to a year felt like it was kind of kind of starting like it, you know, a few clients here and there. So I had a different job at the same time. I've always been social work, um, licensed clinical social worker, but I was working for a hospital at the time as well. And I was, I was what they call per diem. So I filled in, in different areas wherever they needed me. So it was nice in that it was a variety of experiences with lots of different situations and age groups. 
Um, and so I did that for that first year as well as the okay. private practice and then, and then went straight into the private practice by itself. Okay. Um, and I think that probably the first year is when I did a lot of free classes and groups so that I can provide the support to the parents. Um, that's how I met a mutual friend of ours named Nicole. Mm-hmm. And so I did some stuff with them as well in the Vacaville area and support groups out that way. Um, Davis, Sacramento. And so was able to let people know, Hey, this is what I'm doing. And this is my specialty and here's why, and here's kind of how I'm going to do it. And then people were like, Oh, okay. I want that, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> cause there wasn't a lot of that available. So it, it was about six months to maybe a year okay. of kind of getting it out there. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Totally. Once you start like getting your feet wet into it and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, no, this is what I, this is what it is. This, yeah. Cause once you have the clear picture of people, they're more apt to like, exactly. okay. Yeah. You pay. Cause that's what I'm going through right now. Starting, I'm doing, I'm starting a life coaching company for entertainers. Oh, and cool. so I've, I've taken on a few clients right now and next week we're going to try and launch and take on a bunch more, but it's been interesting. Like, going through it and getting through going from a stage of like, well, I think I have an idea of what this is going to be and then doing it and going, Oh, this is what it is. Exactly. This is, this is what we're doing. Gotcha. And so that gives people more confidence for sure to be like, yes, give me that. I definitely need that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, Shyla, we appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much for uh, spending time with us. Why don't you let people know where they can find you online if you want to promote anything? Yeah, I have um, a little uh, blurb on psychology today. And when you go there, you can look me up by my name, Shyla Steen, LCSW. Um, And then if you wanted to look up other therapists there as well, or groups or services, You can filter it through names and filter it through your insurance. So it's kind of a good resource to be able to find what you need. That's awesome. Yeah. Beautiful. Wonderful. Well, check her out, everybody, for sure. Definitely educate yourself, you know, spread awareness and all that fun stuff. Uh, Thank you so much for being here. And then uh, as always, you can follow me on social media at Miles Over Joker. You can follow Susan at Susan Thompson. Ha ha. Heather runs the at Mad Podcast Instagram account. You can see her on there. Uh, So yeah. Also subscribe to Brooklyn Productions and AZ Banana Bros. And yeah, subscribe, share, all that fun stuff. Have a great day, everybody. And we will see you next time. Take care, everyone. Later.